2: It's time to talk about all things racing.
1: NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the final inspection show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove.
2: Now, here's your host, Steve Zocchi. And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline it is Jim Trado from Mav TV Motorsports and Speed 51. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hey, Steve. Thanks
1: for having me on. How are you? Hey, Steve.
2: Thanks for having me on. How are you? I appreciate you taking time out. Of course, Jim and I go way back to uh, our Milwaukee Mile Days and even prior to that. And certainly appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, I wanted to, I, I, well, I would like having you on the show just because uh, the ARCA series has certainly been around for a, a long time. And I've, I've always enjoyed that this series and uh, the 2020 ARCA Menard series was certainly an interesting uh, year and and uh, kind of a feel-good story too. Uh, you know, with with the with Brett Holmes and his family run team winning the championship this year wasn't it?
1: it was amazing to see how they came together last year uh, brett holmes brought in a crew chief shane huffman a former driver and he had four guys with him and they all went to work for brett holmes in his shop in, in uh, Mooresville, north carolina and what they did is bring confidence and a winning ability to brett holmes racing which was really funded out of his dad's huge construction business um they do a lot of utility work and leveling for large box stores all over the southeast so they have they had the wherewithal and the ability to uh, put the money forth to win this championship. But yeah, it was really good, really good to see how well they ran this year. Uh, they outran the competition uh, that were running full time. Uh, we had a Wisconsin driver, Sam Mayer win five races this year. He just turned 17 in June. Uh, it was great to see him race as well as he did and winning the suit chief showdown as well, a series within the series. He captured that victory uh, by winning second, running second in Memphis uh, in September. But as crazy as this year was, When it came to the go racing, I think we'd race virtually every week from June through September, minus maybe one or two
3: weekends off.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, with the Argus Series, you know, racing where they race to, it's such a variety, even even, uh, running on the dirt uh, this year, and it, it certainly has a flexibility to it and and some opportunities for, like, uh, Sam Mayer young drivers, but also like Ty Gibbs too, uh, for those drivers that are a little bit too young to race full time in the NASCAR, uh, Xfinity or truck series. It certainly gives them an opportunity, does it, to race ARCA and, and get some full body, uh, stock car, uh,
1: Oh, for sure. The latest name to come out of ARCA is Haley Deegan. She's an 18-year-old that's racing out of California, came through the off-road ranks, uh, raced in the NASCAR West Series, ran a full season this year in the ARCA Menard Series. She's already going truck racing. So as much as we followed Natalie Decker in Wisconsin here to to follow her through uh, to what she's doing in the truck series, Haley's going full-time next year with the same team she ran ARCA with this year, DGR Crosley, and uh, that's going to be exciting to watch and see how she progresses. And She really used it as a stepping stone. In all reality, she said, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to win races. I'm not here to lead every lap. I need to learn something every time I go on the race track. And uh, what hampered her and, and many other young drivers, and I think that's why we'll see a really strong field next year, is the lack of track time. Uh, ARCA did have some practice sessions. They did have a ban on testing, which kind of cut back on some of the larger funded teams that would take young drivers to test for a full day a week or two prior to a race event. Um, so that changed things up. So she didn't really learn as much as she thought she could have or wished she would have this past year. But she did run all 20 races, finished third in points, and and won the uh, Bounty Rookie of the Year challenge. So I think, looking at that, it's a great facility, uh, building series. We race at Daytona. I say we because I've been a part of the series for a while now, calling them on TV for MAP TV and Fox Sports. And I was at all 20 events again this year, uh, uh, in the booth for MAP TV, and working in the field uh, with the pit pit uh, reporter team uh, during the Fox portion and providing a lot of other content for the series. So it's, it means a lot when I say we and us because I feel I'm part of that series. It's a great family of, of, um, of people to be around. And to see how Ty Gibbs shine so brightly and Riley Herbst's teammate, that number 18 team, uh, they did really well. They won seven races combined. Ty Gibbs won six, and Riley beat them all at Michigan. So to see how well that team ran, they set the bar. Sam Mayer set the bar on the short track. So it was really cool to see how that played out for the full season. And how Brett Holmes was able to win the championship over Michael South in that last race by just 12 points.
2: Let me sneak in one more question here before we get uh, Jeff on here. Uh, you know, we we had over uh, over 80 drivers had the opportunity to race in the ARCA series this this year, and but though the car counts is is down, it's interesting because you know you, you, they came in with a new car that's supposed to uh, save money. But I guess, you know, there's that initial you know, investment that, that teams have to make. And I mean, what, what's ARCA, what's the ARCA series trying to do to expand fields and, and kind of uh, open it up for, for, for more teams?
1: A lot of time – great question. A lot of time was spent when uh, ARCA was acquired by NASCAR officially. It was announced at Talladega April of 2018, I believe it was. So 2019 and 2020 would have been the years to really build toward making the – what was the NASCAR Canin Series West. The NASCAR k and Pro Series East, they had similar rules, but not like ARCA. They had the same body, but the chassis were different. The engines were completely different, driveline different. So the series spent a lot of time trying to make sure everybody could play on the same playing field. The engines were different. Uh, The ARCA Elmore 396 engine had 100 more horsepower. So they took that off of that engine with a, with a, uh, a tapered spacer, to make it equal with the Canon East and West, what I would call the recipe engine that Carl Wagner at Market Sound, Wisconsin developed um, for the platform. That turned some guys off. That also made guys wonder do I need to invest in what kind of engine do I need? And both engines were allowed this year. Actually, you could run the legacy engine. You could run a built motor that you might have gotten from Gibbs Racing 15 years ago and race in the Arkansas series this year. They tried to level all that out. Through that leveling and what the teams had budgeted in the West, East, and Arkansas series, you didn't have 35 to 40 cars every race. You had less cars, and the teams would have to come from further away, east and west, to race with ARCA. And uh, I think everybody was hoping that there would be more um, interleague play, if you will, between the the uh, West Coast, East Coast, and what we found, you know, racing across 20 races in the ARCA Menard series. So, how are they going to build that car count? Try to establish common ground. Try to establish rules that people can buy into. Um, that recipe engine, I call it, uh, you know. I look back to ASA. ASA was what I I followed with radio and television for years. In 1992, when they made the decision, we're going with our own chassis. you got to buy this chassis. This is what you have to run. They were laughed at, scoffed, but if you wanted to play, especially on national TV on short tracks, you won ASA racing. By the year 2000, they introduced a, a fuel-injected engine. you got to run that engine and nothing else. Those bold moves were a slap in the face to some and some less, but it also attracted more. What I fear is that there's been so much time spent on trying to make things compatible that, yes, I have a car legal to run if I live in Roseville, California, but it ran last night in Arco West. Um, but I may not want to go all the way to you know St. Louis to run a race. Uh, I may not want to go all the way to Memphis to run a race, um, which Arkham and Art Series did this year. And if they did, some of those West Coast teams ran two or three. We had uh, the rev racing group out of the Arkham and Art Series East Do three or four races this year with their two teams. So um, they need to have more cross pollination. But I also think it may come down to a hard decision of saying this is the engine you have to run so they can get back to more horsepower and get the drivers' line put stops and and back in a flow of getting track time that will help them develop at this level before they move out of the three national series.
4: The future of NASCAR is obviously healthy and. Uh, there's you know good uh, good battles Sam Mayer uh, you know all, all the ones that you mentioned and but my question is does the art does winning the Arca title hold the same prestige as now that it once did uh, Jeff your answer comes with a checkbook
1: how big is your checkbook that will determine where you get to go uh, in every every level the answer is no because if you won the Arca championship then you would get a chance to run. Uh, for a national team, you may be able to become a development driver, a test driver for what was, you know, Hendrick Motorsport said four or five drivers testing their stuff when the car of tomorrow was developed. Um, you had drivers signing exclusive contracts to do that. Land- uh, Landing Castle comes to mind. That could make more money on off race weekends than he did on race weekends because he was testing for these teams, and that was the ability to have some of the younger drivers meld into it, whether it be through manufacturers or teams, just saying we need more people do our pit stop practice, and you can do this and that. We'll give you a test here, and we'll run an ARCA race there with our old cup cars. That has all changed. Um, Where will Brett Holmes go this year? I mean, he's much self-funded. So if he goes truck racing, he'll still be self-funded. Will that earn him a spot after winning the championship this year to go race for GMS racing? No. You need to bring the checkbook. So you have to start with how the model is now compared to five years ago, compared to 15 years ago, compared to when Nagi Katona was winning ARCA races the ability to win races and get opportunities like Chase Prisco has in Cup this coming year. Those are very few and far between. He's the 2016 Archer Series champion, but his story is incredible. And it's a unique story of opportunity meets with talent versus what you have in the bank and how, how big an yeah. you can write. All right.
4: My last question for you. I know that you just worked, you know, the Winchester 400, you got the all American 400 snowball Derby, Uh, coming up you're you know going to be working the uh, NASCAR championship at Phoenix so you're all over the place where do where do I get a a Jim Trito bobblehead or you know something where 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 can Uh, I buy one of those I love being
1: at these races and I I have no I have no answer for you Jeff Uh, I did not develop a bobblehead I'm not that kind of guy Um, I love following racing I love going racing Um, these three big races upcoming, man, the Winchester 400 two weekends ago was awesome. To be in that environment, it was electric. The fans loved it. Um, We, we, I say we, Speed51.tv is a a streaming platform. If you haven't watched short track racing, there's pavement, there's dirt, there's all sorts of racing on there. You can subscribe to it. Sometimes, you know, like this coming weekend, we'll be at Nashville for the All-American 400 weekend. Well, there's seven divisions racing that weekend. The local divisions are crowning their champions on Friday night. That's a free view if you subscribe to Speed51.tv. Uh, you can pay-per-view just a Saturday or Sunday. Sunday is the All-American 400. It's a 300-lap super late-model race, which I think four to five Wisconsin guys will be in, and then a 100-lap pro late-model race, which will be the season finale for the National Weekly Drivers. It's also the same dudes that run the Snowflake at Pensacola Snowball Derby. That race is in a month's time, um, the first weekend in December. Those will be carried live on speed51.tv, so I get all jazzed up, and I like studying all sorts of things. Steve, you mentioned 80 different ARCA drivers this year competed only four competed every race. So if you follow a series of IndyCar, you know there's 22 cars in that grid. You know that there's 20 drivers in every race. Well, I love the idea that I get to follow 20 cars in a race, but only four or five drivers raced every race. I get to dig deeper into what their story is. Tell that story. Now I get to do those seven divisions this race weekend. I'm in heaven. I love the idea of the fact that I need to know who these Boris uh, Compact Touring Series guys are that are horse owners at Bristol, at Winchester, and now racing at Nashville for the first time. So I like digging into all that. So to answer your question, Jeff, no bobblehead, but I really enjoy it. And I hope uh, people know that I care about what they see. And I want to be right and factual. And that's, I think, how I still have opportunities doing this from my little house in Muskego, Wisconsin, to go chase racing all over. And Phoenix, you mentioned the NASCAR National Championship. All three national series will be decided in Phoenix for the first time. And that's my second home because I've, I've been going there since Alan Kowicki won in 1988. And I get to be back on the public address as the only PA guy there on national uh, championship weekend. It uh, wasn't my decision. They said, we need one guy, Jim. You want the gig? I said, absolutely. So I'll be out there as the only track PA guy uh, as NASCAR crowns all through their champions and what will be Jimmy Johnson's final race. So I'm pretty excited to be part of that, too.
2: Uh, Jim, you know we have some extra time here because our next guest, <laughs> Steve Woodich is in uh, St. Pete, and he's stuck in a press conference. And uh, it's interesting, uh, and maybe you can touch base on this too, Jeff, because I haven't traveled as much as you have this year just because of the COVID restrictions or whatnot, but you know, he's at a press conference and they, they actually won't let him leave. Uh, to walk us through, uh, what are some of the things that you've encountered this year with, with the way uh, auto racing had to adapt to the situation we're in today? It's just
1: weird not having fans around. It's weird having select crew members. ARCA only allowed four crew members over the wall, nine per car number, to travel. Uh, you had re- restrictions in how you got into the garage. You had restrictions in you know, wearing the mask the entire time and not being able to converse. And, and for me, I'm a storyteller. I want to know everybody's story. But it's so hard to find a way to communicate when you're not in the garage for more than an hour and a half before you really present your car for qualifying. Sometimes you present your car to, quali- to line up and race without anything prior to that on track. Way different approach. So our production team uh, went into Zoom call mode so we did a lot of Zoom calls during the week. So that's way different than walking from holler to holler or seeing a friend and communicating, hey, you told me this last race, what about this coming race? So we had to connect in way different ways to communicate. Um, with having some select fans at some racetracks, it was really cool. But it also felt isolated as well. Whether I be in the booth for MAV or on pit road with, with the Fox production team, the environment was just different. It was, it was kind of, um, I like the word malaise to describe what I felt. It wasn't really excitement. It was a matter of function. I got excited when the race started, but until then, it just felt like you were kind of, I don't know, playing pong without two paddles. The the ball just kind of kept moving around, and you were just kind of moving with the flow of where you had to be when, and you didn't really feel like you were part of something until the race started.
2: Good stuff as always, Jim. We certainly appreciate you taking time out, uh, your busy schedule and i uh, look forward to chatting with you again what what, what are your plans for 2020 i mean is, do you have any set in stone plans yet for 2021 or i mean are you like kind of like all of us just waiting to see how it goes
1: uh i usually solidify things in january uh which is not okay. comforting but it's what the nature of the beast is and i know that things change and i, I hope to be back with our friends on MAV doing more than Arkham and art series racing well i'd love to be back at the chili bowl i've been there before uh looking forward to kind of trying to Beg my way into that TV crew as it's going to be live on that Saturday night in January with nothing else going on for that our midget race. So I'd, I'd be excited to be part of that or anything else that comes my way. To answer your question, I don't. I hope I have everything back that I've had the last couple of years, uh, which would be about 31 weekends away. Whether it be doing track public address at Daytona, Phoenix, Michigan uh, Auto Club. I'm sorry. Hope that I hope they had Auto Club Speedway, my friend Dean Strom has got that gig, and I hope to join him there. Homestead okay. Miami Speedway, I work at. So I really want to do all that. I still want to cover all the ARCA races, and uh, I'm selfishly still looking for other opportunities, so I, I want to make sure I have fun, but uh, the gig securing starts kind of this week, and it won't last until, you know, I'll probably go through January before I really know my full schedule, or at least have a really good idea of what I'm doing next year, and Speed 51 has been great to work with as well at all these big races. I really enjoy doing that, uh, including this coming weekend at Nashville, so tune in Speed51.tv.
2: You bet. All is good stuff. Jim, thank you so much. Appreciate you being on the, on the show. Look forward to chatting with you again.
1: Thanks, guys, for having me on. Take care. And, Jeff, good luck with your own bobblehead. Let's get you going on one before you even think about it. Put one out there for me.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> and I would, and I'm in. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Take care, guys. All right, thanks. That was Jim Tradle on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline.
4: If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank
2: help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is Eddie Lapine. How are you doing, sir?
3: Good. How are you guys today?
2: How's the weather in St. Pete?
3: Oh, my God. I'm on my third shirt today already. It's very, very humid, as a lot of the participants would say right now, but it's just great to be at the track and seeing people that i haven't seen in a while it's like an old family reunion it feels like
2: yeah i mean and you know you you we were texting some photos back and forth and it looks like there's vendors there kind of give us the the feel and 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 uh, i guess there's some fans there and then you know, kind of walk us through uh, the the vibe uh, at st pete this weekend
3: well, it's a real positive vibe uh, for people in Florida, too, to to go to a, an event, basically. And it's very exciting to be here amongst a lot of diehard fans. And some people that aren't diehard fans are just coming out for something to do on a Saturday in uh, St. Petersburg. And it's pretty exciting. I mean, the town is buzzing anyways because of... Tampa being in the uh, World Series, and now you add some race cars through the streets of St. Pete—it's it's awesome, definitely.
2: And uh, you know, I guess the big uh, the the one uh, debut I've been kind of anxious to see uh, when it was announced earlier this year is Scott McLaughlin in the uh, in the in the team Penske car, the number three Shell car. Uh, how's he doing so far this weekend?
3: Well, I mean, he was tenth fastest. Never been here. He was tenth fastest in practice. There was a like an hour and thirty-five minute practice session, and they're gonna go qualify in actually another half hour. Uh, Colton Herda was fastest, P one. Uh, Dixon was way down on the charts. I, I think this is going to be a, a very interesting weekend, very limited in practice. I mean, it's basically going to be the, the practice session that they had earlier. They're going to go qualify and then they're racing tomorrow. So they're going to have to figure it out very quickly, and I think it's going to be a very – got a lot of rookies out here, well, especially – Scott McLaughlin. I mean, he's been doing some testing with Penske, which has helped him. But I mean, to show up at Saint Petersburg and be that fast—it's pretty amazing.
2: Well, it's it's a very compelling story uh, for those who might not be familiar with it. He, he you know he comes from Australia. He was running in the supercar team down there, and that's basically it's kind of uh, take a road racing and NASCAR kind of. Uh, kind of like a IMSA and a NASCAR, kind of put them all together in a blender. You, you, that, that's what they have down in Australia, where they they're four-door, uh, you know, four-door sedan racing down there. Kind of, kind of like the what they do in England and Germany. Uh, very competitive down there. And they were with uh, with Dick Johnson Racing, who's been around for years. And Scott McLaughlin is one of the, the, the fastest drivers down there. Uh, Penske's uh, walking away from that series at the end of this year, and they're bringing him uh, over to the IndyCar series, uh, basically because of his test. He had a test, I think it was at, in, uh, at Alabama, at the road course in Alabama, and he blew everybody away at just how f- quick he was not only... Uh, at the end of the day but how quick he was from the outset and, and and he, you know, everything worked out well with the team. Everybody on the team loves him so it's quite exciting uh, to see him uh, in the car next year and I think it should be a nice shot in the arm uh, having some new blood in the IndyCar series especially at the front of the pack, Eddie.
3: Well, I mean, definitely Penske knows good talent as we well know and uh, to see him here at St. Petersburg at the to, to start off for next year now, looking forward to seeing him. I mean, he basically owned that series over there in Australia. So he he's he's a great guy, great personality, and it just brings another uh, touch to the series globally. And I think it's, it's really important to see these guys like that. I mean, they've had a stellar rookie field this year again in IndyCar racing, and they've backed it up with last year's stellar rookie field. So you got Colton Hurta fastest going into uh, qualifying. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this rolls out with qualifying and with the race
2: tomorrow. Yeah. For someone who, who had a, let's face it, kind of a rough uh, start of the, the season, Colton Herta is certainly kind of coming in his own this, this last third of the season, hasn't he?
3: Well, a couple wins and podiums and i mean he's he's really talented and you know with andretti and his engineer that's followed him along the way i they have very good communication and they're working very well together and and that's what you need right now in this series because let's face it i mean this isn't like you have a dominant team i mean every time these guys go on the track there's somebody new popping to the top of the charts and That's what's so good about the IndyCar series. It's not just the same guys. It's always somebody different. So don't be surprised. I mean, you'll see, you know, I'm sure when push comes to shove, when qualifying comes in, I'm sure Dixon will be right up there at the top. So And Joseph Newgarden will be right there, too. I think you'll see those guys – to the top when qualifying comes because there's a lot at stake the championship and scott would like to win another one and so would joseph newgarden
2: we're talking with eddie Lepine on the great midwest bank hotline uh lots to come yet still on the final inspection show as we go into the final half hour here let's take a quick break now we'll bring uh jeff uh back online and uh, in the next segment here with uh, Eddie, we'll do our predictions uh, for not only Texas, NASCAR, but also the IndyCar uh, at St. Pete, the IndyCar finale. And who's going to win the championship? Joseph Newgarden or Scott Dixon? We'll get Eddie's prediction and, as well as uh, Jeff's coming up here in the next segment. And then we'll also talk to Steve Wittich uh, and get his uh, opinion on some other news uh, breaking in St. Pete regarding Jimmy Johnson and also uh, whether Indy uh, and also the the Indy Lights program in IndyCar racing. So lots to come on the final inspection show. We'll, we'll be back right after this. <laughs> And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobson. Joining us once again, it is the Polish Pipe Bomb, as well as Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. And uh, time now for predictions, and uh, I guess let's move to uh, Texas, where we have uh, the Xfinity series today. And uh, are we, do, do we want to do trucks too, Jeff, or should we just do Xfinity? What do you think?
4: Well, we might as well do all three, right?
2: Oh, man. You want me to do the truck series, too, huh? All right, well, let's uh, yeah. do trucks. And uh, we're kind of throwing uh, Eddie out in front of the bus here because I'm sure he didn't study up on it. <laughs> Eddie, are you confident in a truck you guys, wreck to, uh, today? What are,
3: you, what are you guys trying to do? Throw me under the bus seeing I did so well <laughs> last week. Picking two winners last weekend. Um, and now you're really railroading me here um uh, yeah I'm, I, I'm
2: i'm lost i mean i, I tell you what we I, will I uh, uh we will give you for the trucks well uh, let's, uh, let's pick chalk for him uh jeff let's give uh let's give eddie sheldon creed because i like that uh, f- i like that too for the trucks uh sheldon creed even though uh uh, Brett Moffitt might be a viable pick. Well, what do you think? Hey, are uh, you
3: guys going to pick
2: F1? I mean, you know, F1's going on too. Well, it, it, <laughs> we can do F1 but we'll, we'll do F1 like we usually do no Mercedes. So you got to pick everybody, you know, yeah. re- the b- best in class. Best in class? That's a good
3: That's a good idea, Steve.
2: Uh, Jeff, what do you like
4: for trucks? Trucks, I'll take Moffitt to go back to back
2: who uh, won last week, if I recall, in, uh, in Kansas. Which Yeah, was he finally
4: for, got so. that monkey off his back. Had It's
2: been a rough year for Brett
4: Moffat, and uh, finally found victory lane. You can see just the relief and, the, you know, just the weight off his shoulders at the end of the race. I think he rides that momentum and uh, parks it again in victory lane.
2: Yeah, and the mustache Ooh. is back, too. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I like it. <laughs> I like uh, let's it. see. How about Xfinity Series, boys? Uh,
4: I'm going to go with Ryan Sieg. That, uh, really? You know, we'll see if he can. Uh, it'll be, you know, one hell of an upset. But I love his story this year. And I'm really rooting for uh, for him. So I'm going to take Ryan Sieg this week. Uh, let's I'm, see
2: here.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm back with Chase Briscoe.
2: Okay, that's you know, that's definitely a chalk pick, but nothing wrong with that. Um, I'll go off chalk then. It's Brandon Jones, who I wasn't okay. a big fan of at the beginning of the year, but he certainly has uh, shown a lot more maturity than he did last year. So I'm going to go uh, Brandon Jones for the uh, Xfinity series.
4: Yeah, that is a good pick. He uh he's been running well and uh you know, he's turned a lot of heads this year with uh with his performance.
2: I'm typing these in as we talk here cuz we don't have an intern. We should have an intern on this show for doing this, right? So, I need Eddie, Briscoe. what life. about for the the cup series, Jeff? Uh cup
4: series, I'm going to go with uh Somebody below the uh, below the cut line playoff driver yet again, and
2: uh, I'm going to go with Truex for uh, right. for tomorrow. Okay. Martin Truex. Martin Truex Jr. Eddie, what do you like for uh, in the Cup Series?
3: You know, I I gotta go with Kyle
2: Busch. <laughs> he he's just he's just due. I think. he certainly is that's for sure huh wow (laughs) yeah
4: yeah he uh he's definitely due it's uh that's one hell of a drought for him and you know it's gonna end sooner or later
2: right i will go i will go chalk in the cup series i'll go with uh uh harvick
4: all right pick up his third uh playoff win at texas in a row huh
2: and then we have the IndyCar Series at St. Pete. We'll give uh, we'll give Eddie the first pick here for the IndyCar Series.
3: I really would like to see Colton Herrera end the end the season with another win like he did last year. Uh, it's good to see the youth up there, and it would be really good. And it's basically hometown for Mister Steinbrenner.
2: Yeah, that would. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, the Jeff view?
4: I'm going to go with uh Takuma Sato. I think he ends the season on a high note and uh will uh you know, he what? We won Indy this year. I think he uh he'll he'll win at St. Pete.
2: Oh boy, should I? <laughs> you know what I'm You know who I'm looking at? Dixon. Uh, well, uh, you know what? I want to pick McLaughlin, and I, he certainly could do it. But uh, actually, I will go with uh, for IndyCar. I will go with uh, Newgarden. Newgarden wins the race, but not the. Uh, he just comes just a bit short in the championship. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, definitely, you know, I mean, the I'm uh,
4: definitely, uh, final championship I, points close. Yeah.
3: I'm. I'm. I mean, Dixon. You. You. You gotta go with him. Definitely they've been there so many times and it'd be great to see him win too.
2: Yeah. you know, and I thought Newgarden brought up a good point a week or two ago where he says, you know, the, you know, Dixon has been so strong. He's been having, uh, you know, he hasn't been running the best, but he hasn't had any DNFs. He hasn't had that, that, you know, issue that puts him all the way in the back. And, uh, you know and, and you wonder if that's in the back of you know in the, in the team's head you know we've been lucky so much and here we are at St. Pete which uh you know and especially in that backside Yeah, uh, you, know, you know it gets tight it, it, there's just some tight corners in there and you could you know you could be brought up in somebody else's issue couldn't you uh at that race
3: well i mean you know, I mean, that's the big deal that could happen tomorrow. You know, the qualifying is so crucial at St. Pete or any type of street race, and I think that's going to be a big factor with the contenders. And, you know, that's what Joseph kind of needs is a little help. And I think qualifying is really going to dictate a lot uh, of the start of the race because you really don't want to be in the back here. you got – there's too many young people, young rookies that – you know, want to make a name for themselves at the last race i mean this is the last time they get to display their talent and and possibly maybe win a race so you're going to have a lot of people fighting for positions and that's when it's going to happen definitely
2: it will be interesting to see well we certainly appreciate everybody taking time out eddie uh taking time out on the show and jeff uh Thank you once again. We'll chat again next week, and uh, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, let's talk uh, from uh, Trackside Online. We'll talk to Steve Woodich, also reporting live from St. Pete, after this on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is one of our favorite Canadians from Trackside Online. It is Steve Wittich down in St. Pete. Welcome to the show, sir.
0: Uh, Thanks for having me on, Steve. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, definitely a little different than the weather I'm used to, but uh, I'm going to take it. It's awfully sunny. and. uh, in the eighties here. So I don't want to say too much about that. I know you guys are having some cold weather up there, so I'll, uh, I'll try and keep the weather talk to a minimum.
2: <laughs> Appreciate that. And of course, uh, the big news, uh, today down in St. Pete is an announcement. Of course, it's, uh, Jimmy Johnson. We knew was going to IndyCar with Chip Ganassi racing. And there were some of us, including me was wondering, how is he going to put together a, uh, uh, a sponsorship package without the indianapolis 500 uh of course jimmy is just running the road courses and street course races in yep. indycar in 2021 but uh steve looks like uh they were able to put together a deal for them weren't they
0: uh yeah they sure were they just announced uh, about
2: a, about 45 minutes ago
0: that carvana is coming on board and i know uh, a lot of people but are familiar with them and they used online car sales company um you know, they have those big cubes where they, they have the car vending machines, but they're also sort of the first ones to do the no contact uh car delivery with the in the pandemic. So uh it's a it's a big get for Ganassi and Jimmy Johnson and it's and it's a good should be a good spot for Carvana to be as well. You know, with obviously uh, they've got some big competitors in this series that are you know, Penske Automotive Group isn't a sp- sponsor, but you know, Roger Penske obviously owns the series and the five hundred and, 500 and uh he has four hundred some dealerships and then auto nations on board with two teams as well. So uh, you know, I, I'm thinking this is gonna be a, it's interesting. It's a little bit of dealership wars coming up here.
2: Yeah, it is a good point. It's it's always interesting. You know, and and you know, when I worked at the Milwaukee Mile we, we were always very cognizant of of sponsorships who's sponsoring who and you don't want any conflicts yep. of interest from our side setting it up and it's uh it's also it works the other way too if uh somebody gets into gets into a sport there's usually uh, sometimes an opportunity for their competitive also to uh kind of get into that same sport or in in that same uh, arena so to speak so interesting how you, yeah, that you works do see out
0: that quite often
2: yeah, yeah it's it, good it it's, is
0: it's very interesting it's something you see on occasion and it seems to be you know monkey see monkey do one one big car dealership or one big car group uh comes into a sport then they all kind of follow and then you know want to leave and then they all kind of leave at the same time but it's it's definitely a good thing for the sport you know i think carvana did three point i think i just looked at 3.9 billion in sales last year they sold 178 thousand cars so that's that's wow. pretty impressive yeah, yeah exactly. Is. That's am like, wow, that's uh, that's impressive. So uh, it's good to have a company that big getting behind you. And, and, you know, they do a lot of online advertising. They do a lot of advertising in general. And I think it's a good opportunity for, for the team and Jimmy and IndyCar to maybe get some um, activation involved, you know. Getting to see an IndyCar and all those Carvana ads you see online, that'd be huge for the sport, uh, just, you know, being visible as a sport is huge, and and they do a ton of online advertising. So hopefully we'll see that.
2: Yeah, and it, it also is is nice when a when a sponsor gets into the sport that you heard of, you know. And yes. You, you and I have been around this sport. You know, we've been at, at tracks and where they make this announcement, and you know, so and so is you know is our new sponsor. You're like, who the heck is this? You know, and you know sponsorships. You will will use you know motorsports as a vehicle to kind of get. Get the word out about their pro, you know, about their product. But in this case, it, there's always—I don't want to call it stability, but it feels good when you, when you, when somebody is kind of almost taking an endorsing the IndyCar Series by by becoming a, a part of it, and it's it's somebody with a high profile like uh, Carvana.
0: Yeah, it really does help the sport when there's when there's familiar names involved. You know, you and I go back to the time when it was all beer companies and. And, that, and you know, cigarette companies, and those are companies everybody knows. Well, everybody knows Carvana because everybody watches videos online and, and they do a ton of that advertising. And um, it is, you're right, it's stability. You know, you get a $4 billion company that, that's giving IndyCar and the team and, and Jimmy himself, you know, a big vote of confidence. And that's, you know, I, that kind of it's m- momentum building is what it can be. And I think, yes. you know, with Roger at the helm, there'll be that, It's going to be more often that you see big sponsors like this come on board.
2: Yeah, and also the other news this weekend is Takuma Sato uh, re-upping with uh, Rahel uh, Letterman-Lanigan Racing. And, you know, if you look back at his career, you know, he he spent, you know, quite a few years in Formula 1. He comes over to IndyCar. You're thinking, well, here's another Formula 1 driver trying to finish out his career in IndyCar. But he certainly is is taken to the IndyCar Series. He's now a two-time Indy, Indianapolis 500 winner, uh, multiple wins in multiple years, and he certainly is uh, in the fabric of the IndyCar Series, isn't he?
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I th- I think when Takuma's career is over, he will be IndyCar driver Takuma Sato, not F1 driver Takuma Sato. And um, yeah, I know he how much he loves racing here, and he uh, you know some guys might at his age. I think he's forty. Or maybe now, uh, when they get to their age, they, they might think about retiring. You know, they just won the biggest race of the year for the second time. But I know Takuma wanted to come back, and I know the team's really happy to have him back. It's like everything else, stability is a good thing in racing. And that team, you know, right now they're, what, fifth and sixth in points, point. So that's an awfully good season for them. And I talked to Graham yesterday, and he thinks that, that there's not much – improvement to be made for them to you know move into championship winning contention so uh you know just a little bit more consistency at, at every kind of circuit and you know they've started working on that already and I think uh, with a little bit more testing in the off season that we're going to see that
2: could happen um we're talking with Steve Woodich on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline talking the IndyCar series and I was at a party in um Indianapolis uh kind of a uh um Motorsports uh, get together, so to speak, and I met this fella named Sting, Stingray Rob, and I'm like
0: Stingray Rob, Stingray
2: yeah. Rob, and and uh, we we talked a bit, and he introduced himself, and we chatted, and what he wanted to do with his career young driver and whatnot. I'm thinking, you know, American driver, it's not the easiest time to be a, a driver in open wheel racing at the time. But I tell you what, he's really kind of been working his way up the ladder system. And t- t- tell the listeners, give us a quick uh, couple minutes on on Stingray Stingray Rob, one of the more interesting characters in the ladder system.
0: Uh, yeah, Stingray, uh, you know, he moves directly. He was he is one of the best shifter cart drivers in the world. And anyone who knows carding knows that shifter carts are not easy to drive. But he made the move um, instead of going to USF 2000, he went right to Indy Pro as as a 15 year old. Um, and, you know, his first couple of seasons were kind of rough, and I wasn't sure he was going to make it. And then about halfway through last season, um, he actually moved to Yunkos Racing for last season. And about halfway through last season, there, something clicked, and he became more aggressive, and the speed kept getting better. And then this year, he's just taken another leap forward. I mean, he's the last three qualifying sessions, he's dominated. And that doesn't happen very often in the ladder, where a guy, you know, he qualified three-tenths, two-tenths, three-tenths, faster in in the last three qualifying sessions and it doesn't happen in this kind of series where everybody's so close so um it sort of speaks to what ricardo yunkos has done at yunkos he he develops drivers um which is you know what the the latter series should do and and i think some of the credit for singray too needs to go to um he has helped uh management and and you know just a little bit of help with his career from peter rossi alexander's father so um you know, having those people around you that have been there, done that, um, you know, help guide someone else's career is huge for a young driver. And and it's even a bigger, you know, confidence boost when, you know, he got his first win earlier this year, and he's been almost unstoppable since then. But you'll see him in Indy Lights next year, which has been revived for the 20 race schedule and a, and a bigger scholarship. So um, that's going to be an interesting series. You'll have Kyle Kirkwood, who's a scholarship winner from Indy Pro 2000 from 2019, and then Linus Lundqvist, who just won the F, um, FR Americas, Ford Regional Americas Championship, which is an F3-based car. Um, I think their final race weekend is this weekend at COTA, and they uh, Linus has pretty much won every race there, and I've heard nothing but good things about him. So I think it's going to be a competitive series. You should have 13 or 14 cars is what I've got right now, a couple new teams. So uh, I think Indy Lights is on the, on the way back.
2: And uh, pardon, me, we're, we're just running a little late, Steve. You got about thirty seconds. Uh, tell us what happened with okay. the Liberty One Hundred In no Indy Lights at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway next year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, it's it's a it's a interesting situation, and it's it's a plus and a minus for the teams. I've had some say it's okay, some say it's not great. Um, it just it comes down to the fact that. The owner of the IMS wants one oval race there, and right now that's going to be the Indianapolis 500. Right, the, the they, or the everything's been moved to the road course for the NASCAR series, so it's going to be one oval race at IMS, and that's it. And and you know, I as an old timer, that's not the worst thing in the world for me. So uh, I'd like to see the the Lights guys get some more oval experience, but I know they're looking at at trying to add some more of those events.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much. We're running up against a break here. So thanks for coming on the Mm -hmm. show, Steve. Thanks for everybody coming on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on The Final Inspection Show.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.